So I'm getting an opportunity to sit down with my man, the man, the myth, the legend, the fry master himself, my man, Aaron Baptiste, A-Ron. It's uh, good to see you, boss. And so I, I just wanted to record this a little bit. Um, he's asking me some questions about leadership, and it's not too often that I get an opportunity to do that. So uh, I'm about to sit down and rap with the brother, and you guys get to listen in. All right. Thanks for allowing me to interview you. Absolutely. Um, we're going to start off with something simple. Uh, your name, where you went to school, mm. and um, what is your job position? Cool. My name is Derek Steele. I am uh, from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I went to Morgan State University in Baltimore, Maryland. And my current role uh, here at the Social Justice Learning Institute is the Health Equity Programs Director. Okay, and what is, like, what do you do in your role? Oh, man. Well, I tell people all the time, <laughs> even though I'm the director, I think the role I really have is putting out fires. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, uh, the way that I, I lead the team that I have, first of all, the success that we've been able to have on this team is not due to my leadership, is really due to um, the caliber of people that I have on the team. And the way that I lead it, it gives them an opportunity to play full out in their strengths um, while I kind of mitigate the middle ground that, of things that bubble up based off of the different realms that we're doing. But in health equity in general, our focus is creating access to healthy lifestyles for community members in order to help them drive down diet-related diseases in our community. So we do nutrition education classes. We have uh, gardens that we've built. We, have, um, uh, we do policy and all that type of stuff, too. Uh, and I have team members that are in charge of different realms of all of that, and they really do their thing. You know what I mean? So. I noticed that goes in one of the questions is, what is your leadership style? And while you're talking, it seems like your style is not a dictator type thing. It's you disseminate some of the power to all of your other, um, I don't want to say subordinates, because I think that's a negative. It is in a business hierarchy hierarchy kind of scheme, but... You know, can you elaborate what is your leadership style and mm-hmm. do you think it's effective? Absolutely. Okay, so I am a B-type personality. Uh, so sort of like a President Obama, I'm one of those people who like to sit down, hear all the different points of view, mm-hmm. and then make my decision based off of uh, my understanding of, of the size and the positions that I can take and make the decision that makes sense, not only for, for, the ben- for my own benefit, but actually for the benefit of the team, which is the second part of this. I, I as a B-Tech personality, I focus on the team. Um, and I feel like uh, this, the team's success is my success. Just as every individual on the team, their success, uh, you know, their success is the team's success as well. And so that is the type of culture that I look to bring to the table, um, and, and, and it's my job to make sure that I bring the right teammates and to really uh, make sure that we can carry the mission forward and, and uh, successfully achieve all the outcomes that we're looking to achieve. Right. Yep. Sounds good. Good answer. So um, a lot of people you know, like to debate whether they believe leaders are born mm. or they're trained. So what is your take 
on that. You think that they're born or they are trained to be a leader? I mean, it's, it's, it's a good question. And I believe that it is, it's both and, it's not either or. There's different traits that you come into the world with. Well, no, I'll take that back. Not that you come into the world with, but that you are, are learned behaviors from your family, uh, from the people that are around you, from your environment. I think all that has a, has a role to play and uh, you being the type of person that you are. Um, my thing is, what I learned early was that I, I, I recognized my abilities as a number two, and I also recognize my abilities as a number one. And I can play in both worlds whenever I need to, depending on what the mission calls for. Um, but are you born into it or are you, uh, is it learned? You know, uh, communication skills. Uh, some people are better at it than others. Right. Some people are shy. And shyness is not one of those types of uh, roles, I mean, types of um, uh, characteristics of a leader. Like sometimes you have to be able to speak up. Right. Now you don't have to tell people, you speak up to the point of telling people what to do, but it's being able to at least communicate ideas across uh, you know, different platforms and stuff like that. Uh, so there are certain traits that you may come up with as a youth that may not be chores leadership skills. It may be traits that you have that are chores leadership skills, but how to hone in those skills is something that you learn over time. So it sounds like there's like a um, basic foundation for leaders. Everybody can be a leader, but some people don't have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do it. Absolutely. And, you know, everybody has their different definition on what it means to be a leader. So to you, mm-hmm. what is a leader? A leader is someone who is willing to take the responsibility of outcomes, whether they be positive or negative. Um, You can be really skilled at whatever it is. Like, I can be really good at growing food, but that doesn't make me a leader in growing food. I could have the role of being in charge of growing food, but the leader in that space would be willing to uh, make projections, create uh, opportunities around the food that's being grown and take on the responsibility of the outcomes of whatever uh, uh, direction that was being taken at the time. Or, you know, being able to take responsibility of the team that's, being, that's out there doing it. You know, so you, you could be someone who's good at picking the produce, but somebody's in charge of actually creating all the roles and responsibilities of what it takes to be in that garden space. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, if the food doesn't get delivered or uh, if the food goes bad or it doesn't get watered appropriately, like the leader of that is the one who took on that role, that responsibility of that failure or that success. You know, so that, that's what differentiates a leader from someone who's just really skilled. Okay, dope, dope. And, you know, oftentimes people can be leaders like, oh, you're a teacher of kindergarten class, you can assign somebody to a leader and you know to me leaders are defined on what they do not mm-hmm. just what they say so um, how would how do you measure the success of a leader or mm-hmm. is that even important if they actually accomplish anything 
how do I measure the success of a leader? That, that's, that's a good question. And I, and I guess from the way that I look at it, like I said, the success of the leader is based on the success of the team. So the team has the, has the responsibility to achieve these goals and outcomes. And the leader has the responsibility of making sure that that team meets those obligations. So if the obligations are not met, then the leader is the one who bears the brunt of, of, of that failure, of that success. You see what I'm saying? So I, I don't think what makes one leader better than the other is the amount of successes that comes from that leader. You know what I'm saying? Like people was, in my, in my book, uh, 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 what, what's the the, the 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 coach from UCLA who got the most wins in UC in in, um, in, 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 in NCAA history? Or I'll just say it like this: um, Coach K from uh, Duke. Well, Coach K from Duke, exactly, right? Right. Or not? Yeah, I was I was thinking about the dude who he broke. Coach K broke his record, right? right? Oh, I can't remember. You know what I'm saying? But like Coach K, like he is he is year after year after year after year after year he brings in these winning teams that come in and get the job done. To continue to get win after win after win after win after win. That's why he is, in history of NCAA basketball, is noted as one of the best coaches who have ever done it. You know what I'm saying? It's about outcomes, man. You know? So, you, you, can, you can sound real good, but if you ain't winning, then you're not really not that good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. That's true. You know, sometimes uh, leading can just be taking people to a destination or I would say on the journey to a destination because people don't often get to where they want to go. Like for mm-hmm. example, um, some people consider Hitler a leader mm-hmm. because without followers, you can't be a leader. Mm-hmm. So um, is there, is, I guess what I'm trying to say is him using Hitler as an example is him uh, using his leadership powers negatively, is he even considered a leader? Would you consider that leadership if it's not something positive? Or is it leadership just a general term that can be used? I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him... Well, I guess in, the, in, in, in context to the way that I define leadership, you could say that. Right. But there's different types of leadership. His was a dictatorship. So the reason why he was able to create the wins that he had is because he had sole control over all mechanisms and no, everybody had no choice but to listen to and do the things that he said needed to happen. So at that point, like you've manufactured your wins, you haven't really earned them. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's a different type of leadership than I think the the type of dialogue that we're talking about as far as leadership is concerned. These wins and having a team together of people who are going towards one, one aim um, positive or negative, you know, like, uh, I, I think that is positive or negative is relative, um, to whoever is viewing it, but like the success of the, the team being, or the success of the leader being the success of the team, success of the team and having that type of drive and that type of energy and coaching people up and that type of stuff, like that's different than dictatorship, you know, right. and dictatorships only last for so long <laughs> before they come to an end. Yeah. That's true. So, um, what was I going to say? 
So, you know, we have, we're not going to call them uh, subordinates or followers, we're going to call them uh, mentees. Yeah. Because what, from what I'm hearing from you, you, like you said, you disseminate power and you teach other people how to be leaders themselves. So, within the uh, mentee role, what is, what are good qualities for them to have so that mm. they can help you as a leader and therefore help themselves, which you would be helping the yeah. entire team. I wouldn't even say mentees. I would just call them teammates. And mm-hmm. and really, it comes down, what are the qualities of a good teammate? Um, having the skills that are necessary for their role, that's one part, right? I think... Many different people can have that skill. When I'm putting a team together, I'm looking for the young canny pieces. Like, uh, so when, I, when I'm doing interviews and stuff like that for positions on my team, um, we're having a discussion around the way you came up. Like, what type of uh, roles did you have while you were in school and why did you choose those? Um, uh, give me, you know, when, we're at, when I'm listening to these stories that they're telling me, I'm looking for the openness. First of all, to even tell me those stories. Second of all, the openness of their mindset of learning new things and then applying what they're learning. So to me, like knowledge is not power. Like there's a lot of people who go to school, get these grades, do their thing, and more power to them. But the the, the, uh, acquisition of knowledge is not where the power is. The power is in the ability to apply what you've learned. And not everybody has that ability. You know, and those are the type of teammates that I'm looking for who can take things on the fly, understand it, digest it, and then put it back out and apply what they just learned. Um, because that means that the things that may come up for me in this, in this work that we're doing together, I can say, hey, this happened, bing, bang, boom. Uh, this is what I'm thinking about. You can give me the points of view that you're thinking about with it. You take that information, apply it directly to what we're trying to get done, to the aims and the outcomes that we're trying to achieve. You know what I'm saying? So that's really the main thing that I'm looking for at, at the end of the day. Do you have that ability? Because if you don't, it's going to be problematic on a team like mine. Sometimes being a leader, you have to deal with difficult. <laughs> Doing Daddy, I got some boots. You got some boots? No, it's all good. Come on, baby, give me a kiss. Real quick. We're, we're almost done. I know. And we're, we're, gonna, we're almost done. Probably like five minutes at the max. <laughs> cool, go for it. Um, so sometimes as a leader, you have to deal with unpopular decisions that the team doesn't think is gonna work or it's not good. So mm-hmm. how do you handle uh, making an unpopular decision? Hmm. Well, again, I'm a consensus type of guy. And so I am comfortable being uncomfortable. Uh, if I have something to bring to the table, I give context because I feel context is king. Uh, to, to let them digest what I'm, what I'm talking about. Uh, help them to understand the gravity of why this is a difficult decision for me, but why I feel like it's necessary. Uh, but then I'm open to the feedback because they may be able to bring something to the table that I didn't consider. 
and we may be able to have a compromise that may take us in a different direction that might not have been as extreme as what I was looking for at looking at. And so if we're always in that space of building and working together, most times we have the ability to string, uh, string together some wins that are actually headed in one direction towards uh, a cultural view that we have together of how we see the world. So, uh, so when we have those situations where there may be like this very hard decision that comes up, we may not have to ever come there because we've always been steadfast in this direction. You see what I'm saying? Together. So, the, okay. So what is the most difficult decision you had to make as a leader? Hmm. Yeah, give me a second to think about that. Most difficult decision that I've had to make as a leader. Hmm. You can, it doesn't have to be the most, it can be in the top five. Yeah, I guess you. I'm, I'm trying to think it through because the, the reason why this is difficult for me is because uh, in my role, I don't, I don't make decisions alone. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, I, I do. Not it's not just me. Just decision. decisions, like, in, in, that, in that capacity. Um, but then also, I'm a director. I'm not the executive director. So a lot of times, the hardest decisions for the organization right. are not my, my decisions. I, make, I may have influence on them, but I'm really in my role. I'm like a number two on the team. You know what I'm saying? Or number three on the team. I'm not the number one. Right. Now, uh, outside of this, and this is, this is team dynamic, and this is leadership as a, as a, I'm really leading from the middle. Uh, and I think there's, there's three different areas of focus. You can lead, be a leader from the top, a leader from the middle, or you can be a leader from the bottom. And there's different ways that you approach that work. But I'm a leader from the middle. Now, outside of this, I'm also an entrepreneur. And I have a team of other entrepreneurs because we, we run a consulting group. And so that, the way of leading that team is totally different than leading the team that I here, have here at the organization. Right. Um, but here, uh, since this is the context of the conversation we're having, it's really like decision by consensus. And the decisions really aren't that hard when we can come to an agreement as to uh, what direction we want to move in. I think the hardest part for me is advocating for what my team decides to do to leadership. That's beyond me. Right. Being that advocate is, is usually the hardest part because the leadership that is above me sometimes forces me to have a compromised position from what I went into the conversation with. And so sometimes I have to come back to the team and say, well, I know this is what we wanted to do. Here's some other dynamics that I didn't take into consideration. I uh, was able to figure out a middle ground. What do you all think about the middle ground? And then we just do the process all over again of, of figuring out, okay, with this new information, what do we do and how we want to react and how do we want to move? So it's this constant motion of discussion. You know, so. Okay. So what I'm hearing from you, leadership is including everybody within the decision making and you seem like you don't, you're not the type to hoard knowledge for yourself. You think of everyone else than yourself. It reminds me of um, like a wolf pack. 
mm-hmm. mentality. You know, the strength of the wolf is the pack, and the strength of the pack is it's the wolf. wolf. It's a community type thing. Even in you know National Geographic, you see that the wolves cater to everyone. So when the wolves are moving, you have the elders in the front, you have the leader and the strongest in the middle, which connects with what you were saying. You lead from the middle and then you have some of the, also some of the strongest, strongest in the back to defend. Yeah. What's interesting about the pack, the, the, but the pack analogy, the leader, the pack leader leads from the back though. So he, he uh, puts all the other wolves in front of him. Yes. You know what I'm saying? To make sure that they're good. And he leads from the back to make sure that there isn't any danger from behind. Right. And, you know, uh, last question um, pertaining to also being, uh, you know, the wolf leading from the back. And that being an example to the team, how important is that? for the team and then you know you can answer that and have your final thoughts on leadership great man um what happens in a pack is at some point the the pack leader becomes the elder which means that another pack leader has to be elevated and i think in this space at SJLI one of the things that i love being a culture leader here to do is having people come in the door one way and be a a stronger version of themselves when they move on to whatever aspect of their life that they may move on. Um, I'm one of the, one of the, uh, eldest employees here. I've been here, uh, it'll be eight years, um, come January. And it's been a fantastic journey. I've seen a lot of faces. I've met a lot of people, uh, a good amount of people on my team, though, have been here the longest. I got people who have been on the team for five years, three years, two years. Um, and the turnover is very low because we have this pack mentality of how we, how we approach the work. Um, but I also know that at some point I have to move out of the way so that a new pack leader with new vision and new ideas can come in and take care of business and do what we do. But I'm confident that the way that I approach the work and the way that I teach and the way that I train and the way that we move and I help them apply the knowledge that they're gaining from me and from the work uh, is that the next person who takes my space will be able to do and lead in the same type of way that I I lead as well. You know, Um, and and I think that is the responsibility of a leader in, in general. It's less about the accomplishments of, of you when you're in charge, more about how the longevity of your ideals continue to live on through other people. Uh, it's the reason why folks like Martin Luther King, uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey, um, you know, uh, W.E.B. Du Bois, uh, Frederick Douglass. Like I can keep naming all these different people who were leaders in their own right, but their legacies carry on because their style is something that uh, was, was carried on through other people, the people that they work with during the time, and people who have been able to read about how they carried it can carry it the same way that they carried it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You know, so 
yes, I'm putting myself in that realm because if I, if I want to be great, I have to think about the great leaders that came before me and really understand how they approach the work, approach the work in a similar way so I can continue to leave my legacy as a pack leader as well. You know, so uh, we all have a role to play in this. Different people see themselves as different types of leaders, but only certain few, select few, get to have a legacy that lives beyond them. And, uh, you know, I feel like the way, the ones that approach it the way that I approach it and, and approach it the way that they did are the ones who will have that ability. So there you have it. Leadership. D Steel. Holla at your boy. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. Absolutely, man. This was great. Right. <laughs> Appreciate this.